0: hey everybody and welcome to comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein and today we are talking about the top tv shows of 2020 now this is interesting because it's not it doesn't have to be a tv show that uh, we've seen in 2020 or i'm sorry that that came out in 2020 just whatever shows we watched and i have another treat for you guys i have another guest on my show uh my good cousin harry panko and uh, very excited to have him on. Him and I have been watching a lot of TV this year, and a lot of it is actually some stuff that we've been watching together. So uh, really pumped to kind of talk about some of these shows. I have a feeling that him and I have the same a lot, a lot of the same list. But Harry, welcome. We're so excited to have you here and, and join us on such a snowy Saturday.
1: Comics and cinema, I'm so glad to join in. I uh, can't wait. I know um, typically you guys get the brothers, so it's very exciting to have a cousin joining the realm. I'd call um, it a brother still. <laughs> love it. Was hoping to, uh, wanted to see if we can take this podcast and send it to our mothers. I know throughout the year we're constantly getting bothered for the hot TV shows that we're watching, so I think this would be great to package up, send their way, and I get a year of... Uh, you know getting to be on my own not having to deal with those text so yeah
0: I don't think the problems coming from our end I have specifically passed along the information of comics and cinema to both of our parents and I'm still hearing from Stevie the last time that he was he was talking with me a couple of days ago he's like yeah so I was listening to your anime episode and I had it on my phone on speaker and dad dad came in the room and he's like that's Alex and <laughs> Stevie was like yeah this is his podcast he was like so can you like is there a way that you can get it to like, come onto my phone? And I'm like, I've told them multiple times, like, all you got, you just got to click on, you you just click the podcast. Dad, mom, Aunt Weezer, Uncle Dave, if you're listening right now, you click the podcast app and, and to all of you out there, all you got to do, you click that podcast app, you type in, you click search, you type comics and cinema. And it's the only one called comics (laughs) and cinema. It's got a picture that has a book and a film reel on it. And uh, and you just click subscribe. And I'm not telling you to like every episode. I know you won't like every episode, but that's all you have to do. And then it automatically comes onto your phone. It's like magic. This, so it this couldn't could've... be easier. It couldn't be easier. So yes, just send the link to your parents. Just tell them <laughs> that's all you have to do. It's like three button clicks. It's It couldn't be easier. Uh, but yes, so we're here uh, and we're talking about our favorite TV shows. You know what I got to say? Uh, 2020 sucked and it sucked for so many reasons. But one of the things that didn't suck about 2020 was TV. And uh, that's why I love doing this podcast. Is like even though there's so many terrible things going on in the world, uh, the medium of art, whether that's comics, books, movies, TV, it's better than ever. It it just keeps getting better. There's so many good shows out there for us to watch. So I'm really excited to talk about this. So we're going to do our top 10 TV shows that we watched in 2020. And then we'll talk about a couple of shows that we watched that uh, disappointed us and were a little less than what we
1: thought they were. So Harry, you're the guest. Let's start at number 10. What do you got? Ooh, number 10, starting from the top down. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with number 10. This is, you know, I'm, I i don't want people to think I'm just playing to the masses here, but uh, Tiger King.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Stevie, Stevie fan, had it on his uh, list. Did yeah, Wonder- he? Yeah. This one, I you know, echoing your previous sentiment, I think this was a tough year, right? We got hit with the pandemic a couple months in, and that's where I think TV really came to shine because, you know, typically I'm a much bigger movie guy than a TV guy, and you can attest to that, I know, on your end, mm-hmm. but the weekends of sitting at home with nothing to do. And and for, you know, many folks working from home and having so much more time, movies are quick hitters, right? You get in, you get out. They're awesome. We love them. But yes, so many of these shows I've, I've spent a lot of time really diving into TV and watching a lot of older shows because there was so much more time that I could, you know, spend diving into these shows and, and loved it. But uh, I figured this one would be a perfect start with with the pandemic being the theme because Tiger King came out right at the beginning it of the It did, segment. it did. And I feel like there was so much more news for this Netflix show than typically you get because so many people were stuck at home watching it. Yeah. Um, you know, just a crazy story all around. This guy... This Tiger King, you know, you had all the Carol Baskins fans, you had all the Tiger King fans, uh-huh. all the memes that this spawned. It was awesome, um, but just a uh, you know roller coaster of a show. Really interesting hearing about the story, and and I love these ones where you still have the you know still have the people alive that it's. Oh about. yeah. You yeah. can follow up and, you know, she two months later, she's on Dancing with the Stars and we're all going, oh God, here
0: we go. Uh, I
1: know. And then
0: uh, there was, I think I saw, I don't remember what day it was, but I know they were saying that the Tiger King himself was planning on, he had like an a, like a appeal ready for Trump to ask, like to get him to get pardoned so that he could get out of jail because he's in jail right now. And this, it, I, I swear, it had to have been like two days before uh, the attack on the Capitol. And I just I now that I'm hearing you say it, I'm thinking I wonder if he's still like, hey, can you pardon me, or if he's like maybe uh, now is not the best time to uh, request this sort of thing. But you're right, I uh, that was one of the shows where Lisa started watching it, and she was like, this is crazy, and I was like, all right, fine, we'll watch it. And uh, well, and I so I caught never- up with her, which typically doesn't happen. If there's a show that she starts, I'm like, I'll just catch up on the next season. But I watched like three episodes back to back, and I was like, wow, this is. Uh, This is the definition of smut TV of like, there's no one in the show that's redeemable. And the best, the most redeemable person in the show, I think, was missing half their limbs. And it like, it's wild.
1: He's He's got no legs. That's right. Yeah, he had no no legs. legs. That's
0: right. Yeah, I thought he was the best person of them all in terms of uh, morality. But every episode, man, it was like, there's no way it can get crazier than this. And then it's like, oh, well, <laughs> have you met the Tiger <laughs> Can King?
1: Get any bigger? Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize there no, was such was, a crazy uh, need quite... for
0: tigers out there. Uh, but that's great. That's Apparently. awesome.
1: Apparently. No.
0: Uh, that one did not make my list, uh, but it's it, I would say it's close. It had a fighting chance. My number 10 uh, is Marvel's 616. Did you catch that on Disney Plus?
1: Oh, I didn't. know, But I figured when I was going through and looking at lists, I figured this would be on yours. Yeah. So this show was really, really good now. Um,
0: and I so I, I gave it an eight out of 10. I thought it was awesome. It's uh, it's six or eight episodes. I did a whole podcast episode on it, so I won't dive too deep into it. But it's basically a show about the different uh, it says it's an anthology documentary series that explores the historical, cultural, and societal impacts of the Marvel Comics universe and its interactions with the world. So, uh, there's like there's an episode about a ja- the Japanese Spider Man that I had no idea about. There's like a, a Spider Man created specifically for Japan. And then uh, there's like an episode all about these great new female characters that have been superheroes for a while. There was an episode about how comics are kind of made. There was one about toys and the toy business, thanks to comics and all this. stuff. It was cool. It was just nice to see a whole show dead. And there's one about cosplaying as well. That was really cool. So like all the facets of pop culture that have kind of been inspired by comics, uh, it was cool, especially because it was all Marvel too. Obviously, you know, I'm a Marvel head, so Marvel night. Um, but yeah, so that was my number 10. Murder.
1: What do you got for number nine? What? Number nine, uh, this was a quick hitter. I don't know if you watched this. I actually watched this a ton with your last guest, uh, Stephen Klein, but uh, Magic for Humans, another uh, Netflix ooh, okay, and okay. This is a quick hitter. We're talking like 20-minute episodes, but... Um, was a really fun and, and just it's magic for humans. Every episode was, he did a great job of running around and running into people. And I feel like we we've always been really big fans of kind of that sketch comedy kind of off the cuff. So it had a great aspect of that of running into random people on the street and really good magic. Yeah. love the magic.
0: I think I saw, I think we watched like the first season of that show. And I do remember being like, I I'm one of those people where when I see a magic trick, I just I gotta know how it happened and and so I I'm the doing. worst the worst critic for magic because instead of saying wow I'm like how'd you do that and uh, you're not supposed to ask <laughs> like, that you're just supposed to let the magic get over you but you know I'm sorry uh, but you know that reminds me have you seen uh, have you seen mostly for millennials
1: yes uh, did stevie I show you that my one? first episode actually two nights ago yeah, yeah yeah yeah. okay that's right that was yeah when
0: we were all on yeah stevie stevie i don't think he said he had magic for humans on his list but he had mostly for millennials it just they kind of sound the same but yeah that was a really funny show too um but yeah magic for humans is cool i do like the premise of like but is it i always is it is it are you sure it's not un, it's not scripted are we sure that it's not fake you, i don't know that's what i think you, about are you, are you every awful? time i watch the show i'm like
1: yeah, 100%. But, is it real I, think I don't know, though. One of, the things, one of the things that I liked about it, though, too, is so many shows are such an investment with what we were talking about earlier, yeah, right? Yeah. I feel like it's very rare you find an episode of a current show that everyone's watching under 40 minutes. So it's always like you got to buckle in. Yeah. It's this whole ordeal. Magic for humans, 20 minutes. Easy. You got a minute after dinner, jump on. Great. You wake yeah. up, get a little early work, hit an episode. Let's yeah. see some magic.
0: Exactly. Watch it on so your phone. Uh, no, that's great. <laughs> Uh, my number nine is, uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And, uh, have, have you seen that?
1: I've seen the first season.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that's one of the ones that we love that show. Every time it comes out, like, and so it was cool. Cause the, the, I believe it was like the third season or whatever that came out kind of towards the beginning of the year. I think it was in like February and it was super dark. It was like, <clears throat> she kind of embraces her, um, her satanic side, I guess you could say. And uh, by the end of it though, like everything that goes on, it was, it was insane. It was so good. And then even better was on new year's Eve. So on December 31st, the last season came out. And so uh, we watched the first two episodes of the last season, but it was even that they confirmed that it was the last season of the show. Like it's the last season and it's only eight episodes, but in the first episode, they're talking about the, uh eldritch terrors or the eldritch horrors which i guess is from i think hp lovecraft and uh i'm looking at it i'm because they they had had something they were like okay we know this is our last season and so we really got to do whatever we want it was really exciting they i could have swore they said something about they wanted to make every episode feel like a season finale so that there was like a ton of stuff happening in each one. And I was like, interesting to see how they're going to pull that off. And so what we find out is if from the first episode, this Eldritch Terror shows up in the town. And then the ba- one of the bad guys in the show is like, there's eight Eldritch Terrors. And I was like, eight terrors, eight episodes? So each episode is a terror. And again, I don't know, but like, what a cool concept. So no. uh, that's why, part of that is why it also made it onto the list. That show is really cool. And uh, I, we both love it a ton.
1: And what's Shipka's the main? Kiernan and Shipka. Ship, yep. Right? Yeah, and she's fun. she's so good. She's just she's good. And I I grew up watching her on uh, Mad Men as oh, Donald Draper's daughter. She's wow. Such a little kid. It's, it, it's kind of cool to have seen her. You know, bumbling through that role is like a, you know, a 10, 12 year old and then kind of taking it away with Sabrina. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome.
0: Yeah, she's grown up quite a bit uh, by the time she gets into this show, that's for sure. Uh, Cool. So how about your
1: number eight? What do you got? Uh, Number eight. I'm not sure if you watch this. I can't remember if we talked about it, but it's an HBO show "Plot against America. I have not. Mm -mm. This is a good one. So it's a, it's almost a what if series. Okay. Uh, one season, and it's during the time when uh, FDR and Charles Lindbergh were running for president, and Charles Lindbergh ends up winning. It's a what if where he had won, and he was a—he oh. was the guy that had flown, kind Did of. like know, a, he invented cheese. Nah, he's not. Nah, come on. <laughs> we, I'm get I'm good. I'm we get some cheese. some cheese. He, he said, said, "Yeah, uh, I deliver it. I fly it all around the world." he's a pilot he's yeah. a pilot that flew across the atlantic and he was he was basically like this big famous guy back in the day he was he was kind of like an actor like this big movie star he had the big personality yeah super anti semitic though oh right yeah, yeah yeah that's had right. this, you know was was not very open to other cultures and you know was had these like tw- twinges of white supremacy about him and uh So this show examines, he ended up running for president in real life um, and lost. And, you know, FDR became president and everyone was all happy. And, you know, history was history. Uh, This show examines what a what if scenario if Lindbergh had won. uh, And it's from the point of view of a Jewish family living in New York. Oh, wow. It's really interesting because I think when you kind of compare it to what's going on in the world now and what we're dealing with as a country now, there was a lot of, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, ties, I'd say, to kind of some stuff we're seeing now. But yeah, uh, basically, this you know this Jewish family is is obviously against him, and and as I'm sure they were back in the day. And he ends up winning, and all of the you know he starts he starts this program where they start trying to send Jewish families like out to the country, to southern towns, and get you know getting them all out of the city. And it it almost had this like real like Nazi Hitler's kind of like Nazi theme. But then also just with like the the ties we see with what we're going through today, it was really interesting and it was kind of dark and it it kind of ended on a cliffhanger and just uh, a really cool kind of what if what if show. So something to check out, especially for any uh, history buffs out there. Yeah, I know. That's
0: like that's your wheelhouse. You love those. Ooh, ooh. Old,
1: all, especially alternate history
0: ones. Like have you seen um what is it, the Americans? Yeah. That's Americans. kind of the same same vein. Same as uh what is it? Man uh, in the high castle. Isn't that kind of the same as well? Man
1: in the high castle. Same kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. All those
0: um, yeah. So my uh, my number eight, we're on eight right now. Right. I'm trying to keep count. Ten, nine. Yeah. Eight. Number eight for me is Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Did you see that? Oh, no, that was awesome. That was one of those ones where what I wanted it to be was exactly what it was. And it was all the better for it. So it's about a uh, it's about a first generation family of Indian Americans, uh, but it's, it's the teenage girl. And I just saw that it's based on Mindy Kaling's own childhood uh, from the office. And, uh, but it's so good. It is so funny. And it's basically just about her name is uh, her name is uh, Devi or Devi. And, uh, she, um, she's just in high school and I think it's like her sophomore year or something, but it's just, it's the, I'm a sucker for high school movies and high school shows. Like I love the high school drama, especially when it's really smart, like, uh, blockers or book smart. Like I, and this was in that vein and it was just cool to see because she's like, she's super smart, but she has like a rival at school, this guy who's super rich, but he's like super lonely And they do like a whole episode on his backstory. It just it was it was awesome, and it's also same what you were saying. It's super quick. It's eleven episodes, and they're twenty minute episodes, so uh, you can bust through it really really fast. Uh, But uh, and we're in the nines now. These were all nines uh, that I gave these these series. Uh, I loved it, and I want more of it. And I think I think they already confirmed there being a second season. I'm not sure, but uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. The main character her her name is. uh Maitreyi Ramakrishnan and she just killed it. Her, her, her mom, all the all the people in the show, uh firing on all cylinders in my eyes. So um I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh okay, uh number seven.
1: Seven. Uh hunters.
0: You got this anywhere on your list? No,
1: I haven't seen it yet. Amazon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> How'd you let's hear it. Let's hear it. what do cool, you love Al- about D. it? Little Logan Lerman from uh, Mm. Percy Jackson days. Um, Not to give too much away, but basic premise of this one is it's obviously you're going to see a theme here with all these alternate history ones, but basically set in the 1970s and involves a bunch of Nazi hunters. Um, Obviously, the days of World War II have come and gone and everyone's Logan is... His name in the show is Jonah and he's, he's a Jewish kid in New York living a simple life. Uh, his aunt that he's living with passes away and leaves behind these secrets. Uh, he Ooh. starts getting into it and that's when he meets old Pacini. Mm. Uh, but great, great premise. Uh, essentially top of the level, high level, 10,000 foot view. We got Nazis <laughs> trying to establish a fourth right in the U S so um, it takes on Al Pacino the leader of this Nazi hunting group that had worked with Jonah's aunt um, kind of brings him into the fold. And it's, it's, you would love uh, they, they, they have this team of characters that are part of this Nazi hunter group. And they have uh, this one episode that they dedicate to the intros of all these characters, kind of giving their backs. Ooh, nice. Okay. Very marvelous. where it hits on each one with these big action sequences. Uh, and kind of does like a title page and I, you know, it's so up your alley. You'd love it, but really good show, really interesting concept. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those quick hitters one season right now. Uh, they, they had left it to where there may be more, Okay, Um, but for anyone that's looking for something hot, hit it up on Amazon. It's, it's awesome.
0: Nice. Yeah. I've heard, uh, I've heard a ton of good things about that show. I think mom loved that show and I think Stevie watched like the first episode or something like that, but um, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to jot down some, I'm trying to find some of my disappointments as well, but I'm, I'm going through my list and there's, there's movies that I didn't put on this list that I kind of wish that I had. I'm, I'm looking here before we dive in, but I feel like these may be some honorable mentions of you watched Dr. Foster, right? Is that on your list?
1: Uh, I had it on my overall list. It didn't make top 10.
0: Right. Didn't make top yeah, 10 for me look, either. But like Doctor, I, I'm just looking and like Doctor Foster was really good. <laughs> what a show. What a I, show. And why? Why was it so good? I don't get it. It's like five episodes <laughs> over two seasons. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, Doctor, Doctor Foster was was uh, was great. I don't And I just I guess we got to bring it up. We'll we'll pop in with a couple of those shows as they go through. Um, my number seven is uh, Star Wars Rebels. Ooh. Which uh, I I love Ooh. that I got to I got to get you on uh, the Twilight of the Apprentice on yep. those two episodes, which arguably for many is the best of the of the series. But there's so many other good ones on that show, and so that was my my endeavor this year. It was funny because last year I got in or last year 2018, 2019 I think maybe mm-hmm. late 2018. Uh, Cam got me into anime and. Uh, obviously, we've got the anime episode up uh, with him talking about it, but like there's been these big anime sagas that I, I've been trying to watch. So, like the end of 2019, I think, into 2020, I had watched all of Dragon Ball Super. And that was awesome. And they were like, oh, you got to watch Naruto. And I was like, oh, great. Like that's 500 episodes. So I'm working on Naruto. But my I keep forgetting that my big work this year was the animated Star Wars shows because I had yep. never seen them before. And so I was like, I got to watch them all before The Mandalorian. So I did. And and the other one is on the list. It's much higher up. But uh, <laughs> Star Wars Rebels was awesome. And, and uh, I loved it. I It gave such a... I just love when these shows can explore the time periods in Star Wars where we're learning about, you know, here's what was happening or here's where these other people were during the saga, but Luke Skywalker isn't in the show sort of thing. Like I like when it explores kind of that same time period and we get people like Ahsoka in the show and Darth Vader and Darth Maul. And uh, but it's not about them. Like it's about this group of ragtag uh, characters who are the re- the rebels, and so they're like they're the the uh, the beginning of the rebels that you see in A New Hope. That right. you know it takes place fifteen years after um, uh, the Empire takes over, so fifteen years after Revenge of the Sith. And uh, Ezra Bridger is the main character, who's that kid. And we were mm-hmm. we had been talking, but Ezra Bridger is actually the same age as Luke Skywalker. They were both born the exact same year on Empire Day. And, uh, and fun fact as well, uh, Anakin Skywalker, I think is the exact same age as baby Yoda. They were born the exact same year as well, I think, but, uh, Little little Grogu. Um, but yeah, so I, I loved rebels. It, uh, it was, it was not necessarily slow to start, but you had to kind of, in a sense, fight to get into it because it was a little, a little bit for kids, Uh, At the very beginning of it But then it started really picking up And then it was like the fights were really good And the storylines were really good And the characters got a lot more depth to them So I found like you know, you, 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 I fell in love with the characters by about season two, two two-ish. But at the beginning it was just like, okay, well let's just watch this and see how it is. And again, the first season is still really good, but it's those last few seasons that really make it up. And so, yeah, I watched all, I think it's four, all four seasons of 76 episodes is what IMDB is saying. That was, uh, that was great. So uh, that was my number seven. What do you got for number six?
1: Well, and I think, too, just right before I dive into number oh, six. Oh, yeah, for sure. Given an honorable mention to those two Clone Wars and Rebels, um, like you had mentioned, I think we had a night maybe a month ago where I came over and we did a full binge of the last season of Clone Wars. Uh, just after kind of seeing some of the stuff going on in Mandalorian and it was awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think obviously they deserve to be on my top 10 because I didn't watch the entire season, sure. right? Yeah. But th- th- those final episodes with Ahsoka and Maul and oh my God. Awesome. Crazy Incredible. show awesome action for for like a comic cartoon show like that to have the fight scenes and, and score that it did was crazy. Oh yeah. It- um number six for me i i would imagine this is on your list but we'll see lovecraft country oh yeah that's on my list oh yeah yeah uh atticus finch little jonathan majors coming in yeah jacked um yeah he killed another I, man another history play i'm starting to start to feel sick to my stomach it's like i only got one type of movie One type hey of you're, TV, you're typecasting yourself 100 but just the The mix of the horrors, real-life horrors of 1950s Jim Crow America and what African Americans had to live through combined with the H.P. Lovecraft monsters and, you know, terrors that that came from his novels was really cool. I thought the juxtaposition there of, of both of those concepts being put into one show obviously said primarily about you know an african-american cast and what they were going through it was interesting because had they made this show about just like you know a, a group of white folks or something i think it would be more of like a uh you're you'd be way more focused on like the monster scenes right and yeah. like some of those i think it was maybe the first episode when they're in that cabin in the woods and they're they're surrounded and you have the monsters outside barking all over the place and everyone's going nuts. But then like that happens right after a scene where uh, Atticus is almost killed just because he's a black dude getting chased through the woods by a bunch of white cops in the South. And it's yeah. like, you're still reeling from that. And then all these monsters come in and it's, it just, it made you think a lot, you know, i I really like that. Um, that whole like setup of the show is where, It seemed like they would always kind of offer these crazy Lovecraftian scenes, but it always came at a point where you're like, you're, you're, you're fighting in your mind and you're jostling with like, how could this have happened? And I mean, some of this is still going on. Like, this is so
0: terrible. I think that was the best part of the show was just this idea that in each episode, there were these, these eldritch horrors, these terrors that were happening but they're not as scary as the real things that are also happening. And that's, that's one of the biggest scenes I think is from that first episode when they're in the house and the, the cops got his gun on tick and he's like, yep. he's like, there's a monster outside. And he's like, shut up. Like, I, I don't believe it. And it's like, that is the the message of like, you can have these actual crazy monsters out there and they are still not as scary as the real life monsters of that sort of stuff So yeah every episode and and I, I would say too because we I did a whole episode on the entire season of Lovecraft with a couple of friends and uh, I but my favorite episode of that season is the um, the I think it's titled I am the one with Hippolyta where she travels through dimensions and uh is like the amazon queen and goes to the uh dancer bar and uh and then like is space traveler like oh my that show is yeah and so that i'll get to that one in a couple minutes but like i said i, I don't have a lot more to say since i've got an entire two-hour episode on it but but yeah loved lovecraft country uh, my number six and is
1: strong, what was that such a strong such a strong oh, cast. yeah we oh, got they, the delay they, all of them but i mean Paulette, courtney b vance wound me all those ga- i mean ruby's wound me playing ruby was unreal i thought her episode was one of my favorites and yes yes that what she uh, yeah sorry we were, i cut you off no that's fine
0: it. we were we were talking about her uh because that movie made my top 10 list of his house that Netflix scary movie that we watched about the Mm. the house and she's in that movie too. And, uh, she did, she just, she's one of those up and comers that I hope she's obviously been around for a little while, but I really hope she gets more stuff for sure. All of obviously Jonathan majors is killing it now. He's, he's cast in a Marvel movie and, uh, um, mm-hmm. he was in the five bloods. He was in, uh, something else as well. Last man, black man in San Francisco, I think. Uh, but yeah, killing it. Absolutely killing it. Um, I was just going to say my number six is uh Schitt's Creek. And so that cool. is, that is based off of, I've been loving Schitt's Creek. I didn't, I wasn't following it when it came out, but it it like we found it on Netflix, and so we had watched, we had binged the five seasons of it at once. And again, twenty minute show, uh, it's like ten or something like that, twelve episodes a season. But the final season came out this year. And it was just awesome. And, and looking at it as a culmination of all of the series, it just is just one of the one of my favorite comedy shows, I would say, ever, just because the the content that's talked about the uh, the performances as well. Dan Levy uh, is one of my new favorite actors of all time, just because he's. He's so, it just feels like so authentic and genuine in his acting, but he plays him and his, his uh, acting sister in the show. Plus you got the, you got uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara as the parents, which you can't beat that, that uh, dynamic duo. Uh, And then even the supporting cast of all the characters in the town were great too. So um, I just love that show. I love the message that it has. I love my favorite. I would say my favorite episode of the entire series though, still is uh, the uh, simply the best episode uh, I don't know what the title of it is, but the one where they both sing Simply the Best to each other, uh, Dan Levy and his boyfriend at the time. I think that's before they get engaged. And, uh, oh, my God, just chills all over when I was watching that. Have you seen that show?
1: It's uh, actually one of my wife's favorite shows. She's okay. You know, the bandwagon, and I know they cleaned up uh, with Emmys this they year. They really did. It's on my list. I, I, I struggle with, uh, I struggle with the mom. And I, it's funny because he's in, she's in so many movies that I love, like Best in Show, and what's the other one we watched this year? For your so consideration. Good. So good consideration. <laughs> I, I love like her character and personality in those movies, but just in the show, I think I started the first episode and they're just running around screaming because they're moving. You know, they're getting kicked out of their house, and I was just like, I got I'm done. I'm out of here yeah there's a lot going
0: on uh but i I will say if you give it a chance they she among many grows on you like she just becomes this meme engine is what i would call her like literally and, and that's all credit to dan and i don't know if other people write the show what other people write it but like her lines are just incredible i mean she delivers some of the best and it's all like funny lines like the stuff that she says is just so laugh out loud funny um So yeah, I would highly recommend uh, trying again, maybe when uh, when you're feeling up to it. But I know I know the feeling of having the list. I've got a billion and a half movies and TV shows that I need to watch right now. Um, But yeah, let's move on to uh, what is that number five? What do you got at number five?
1: Well, I was thinking too. I'm going to take a quick sidebar here.
0: Mm, Okay, Um,
1: do a little little honorable mention run through because okay. TV shows are tough, right? Um, Yes. yes. I'm trying to focus, especially on this episode with you, on 2020 shows. or ones that, you know, right at the beginning of the year or that came out during the year, but there were so many good shows that had reoccurring seasons this this year. And I feel like on a podcast like this where you're trying to talk about and focus on what was good coming out of the year, I know we're obviously looking at some shows that have been around for forever that we just got around to watching, but... uh, I got two shows. Sorry, three shows. I want to give a little shout out to real Let's quick. Let's hear it. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm mm. had their tenth season. This starting this February. Uh, Larry David, one of my favorites. He's the king. Uh, this is one I watched with your brother. Um, just I any anyone that hasn't seen Curb Your Enthusiasm needs to watch it. Just the uncomfortableness and how funny he is just being himself is awesome. Uh, I've also got Ozark season three on here. Oh, I still need to watch that. Ozark is in such a freaking good show. And Jason Bateman, it's such a different character for him. Um, that's another one that anyone listening that hasn't seen Ozark needs to sit down and binge all three seasons because each one is better than the last. Uh, and then last one is Billions, which was a new one for me. A little Paul Giamatti action. Uh, we actually went through and got all of the seasons from the library and we're watching it that way, which is really fun. Um, but this is a show that's been around for a long time uh, and is just a really interesting financial show. It kind of falls along the same veins of like succession for anyone that like that. And I think it kind of went under the radar just because it was one of those, I believe it was a Showtime. I'd have to double check that, but it was one of those shows that wasn't kind of widely mass produced. And it was, it was during, it had come out during the era before streaming was really popular. So Not that many people have seen it and it's not on any streaming right now, but if anyone can get your hands on billions, uh, that's a really good show. Yeah. I remember you talking about billions. So just a quick sidebar there for some of those, those old, uh, old standards that have been around my number five is, uh, I guess you could call this one an old standard. My brother hooked me on this and Alex has a whole episode dedicated to it, but, uh, my hero academia, binge yes all seasons i was
0: way that's what i was hoping that we would get to talk about this uh because yes uh i'm so happy that you put in the time yeah so talk about it what what was it that you because i know you haven't done a lot of anime but what was it that made you uh like what is it that made you go okay i'll keep watching this and then what made you watch all of it like what was it that was so cool about it
1: I've always given everyone a hard time, especially in our group, our inner circle about anime. I never really got it. I never really understood the dubs and the subs and the watching all these, you know, all these shows that can't understand. I mean, it makes me sound like a clown, but, you know, mm-hmm. I was on it. And uh, my brother actually finally convinced me, he gave me his, uh, his login, the crunchy uh and convinced me that you know it was time we hadn't we hadn't watched a show in a while and i think that's what first drew me to do it was just spending time with my brother i was looking forward to having a show that we could kind of watch and track together and gave it a chance and the fight scenes and anime shows and i'm sure you've talked about this mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is such a different type of television and I love, I especially love when, like, you get a group of people watching the show together, whether it's in person or, you know, over the microphone, if you're watching on video, you know, through video games or Zoom or whatever, but when they have some of the fight scenes, especially in My Hero, um, I'm not going to go, I mean, you've got your anime podcast, I'm sure you go through the plot, but just getting so amped up like it's game day and just let's go
0: ah!
1: yes. it's best yeah this feeling and i think it it's it kind of always encapsulated when maybe a month ago all of us got on and watched the movie that came after or during i can't remember where it fell in the timeline but it came during all these episodes and we were all just the entire movie we're just freaking out because the fight scenes were so good yeah and the character, yeah. I mean, they, they have such a good character development. So you fall in love with, like, all these characters, Midoriya and Bakugo and uh Lita and Todoroki and everyone. You know, they're just a bunch of kids at school. So you you start off watching them and, and you're, you're kind of growing with them on their journey as they're learning their powers and everything. But then just some of the fight scenes were so fun and I got so amped. And I think, I mean... I think we watched all four seasons in less than a month. Like it was. Yeah, just, you
0: did. And I, I loved that like, there would be times where you'd be, Jack was so good about, he'd be like, Hey Alex, the, the arc where this is happening is about to start. Do you want to watch it? And I'd be like, sure. And so yep. I got to watch a couple bits of it with you, which was great. Uh, but yeah, culminating into watching like the hundred percent infinite episode and yep. uh, the, um, the endeavor episodes at the very end of the last season. And then um Uh, Watching two heroes or watching heroes rising with you this year, it was you, me, Todd, and Cameron watching it, and that just—I mean—I thought that movie was amazing, and I talked—that was my number two movie of the year. I thought it was amazing in theaters, and then getting to watch it again in—I thought it was better the second time I watched it. Like I loved it even more, and so that's like a perfect ten in my eye. So yeah, uh, I—I'm right there with you. That move, that one, uh, we will talk about briefly as well. That's on my list too. Uh, and so my, uh, my number five is uh, The Mandalorian, which uh, was also again a very special show for me this year. I've uh, I'm like, I feel so bad because I and I've, we've talked about this before, but it's a really weird thing to have like so many people wanting to watch something now that you're in an environment where you can with other people like I've got my like uh, Robert and Maya on the discord we watched like four or five of the episodes on the season like the day it came out at like 7 a.m before I went to work and like that whole memory was awesome of like getting to wake up and have that be the first thing I I watch for the day but then like I did the episode uh, the ones that I didn't do or whatever I would do podcast episodes where i would just play it on disney plus and then i would do an audio commentary while i was watching it but then i also got to watch that stuff with with the boys and we would watch it you know on a saturday night or whatever and then you and i got to watch the last episode together on that (laughs) same night that we i mean guys look if you're if you're looking for a perfect time or a perfect setup to watch movies you, you start with the final episode of The Mandalorian, and then you watch The Siege of Mandalore on Clone Wars, and then you watch Twilight of the, the Apprentice on Star Wars Rebels, and that's what Harry and I did, uh, and that was right before Christmas too. That's like one of the best Christmas presents ever. Uh, so getting to see you react to that movie in – or that uh, well, screw it. We're calling it a movie. Uh, that last episode, uh, getting to see you react in real time – I just, I'm so grateful that I get to be around so many people watching the stuff. And so like, I'm thinking ahead to like WandaVision, like my wife and I are going to probably watch that show together. And then I'm sure we will all watch that show together. It's just, it's so nice like we were saying to have these shows that are coming out on a streaming service that everybody has. So you can all watch it together, no matter where you live. That's like the ma- the magic of cinema right now is just that ability to, even though we don't have movie theaters and we don't have, you know, I don't know who many had it, but like viewing parties where everyone goes over to your house to watch the, la- the C- series finale of friends or, you know, how people used to do that back right. in the day with breaking bad. Uh, now we've got, you know, we can just watch it all at the same time on Xbox or we can watch it on whatever. So um, that's a long, short way of just saying I loved the Mandalorian this season. I've got it at nine still just because there are some episodes of that show that are a little less than perfect, I would say, just because it's a setup show. But when you look back at the entire season and think about like if this had just dropped as a binge, like all eight episodes just dropped at once, it would have been a probably you know a near perfect season but when you're watching it week by week some of those episodes are a little weaker than others uh but they're no they're not bad it's just that you're you've got this expectation because disney has put it on us that we're investing 25 million dollars or 15 million dollars per episode that you're expecting this to be amazing but a lot of that money obviously is going to special effects mm-hmm. The show is is brilliant when it comes to special effects too, though. I mean, I remember you commenting on multiple episodes like, man, this feels like a movie. And it really it did. Is. I mean, it is. It, it is. is. It's just a shorter movie. That's the thing that I think we've learned in 2020 is – tv shows are movies there's just more of them and they're shorter in time and so and, and that's lisa always says that's why she likes tv shows better than movies is because you get the background you get the long form of the storytelling you get to spend more time with these characters and obviously there are shows that run very long in the tooth but there are shows like this where like every episode feels necessary and mostly necessary but yeah i I love the Mandalorian and I, I getting to see Ahsoka in live action, getting to see Bo-Katan in live action, getting to see Luke Skywalker. uh, I'll just say getting to see Mark Hamill play Luke Skywalker was really cool. I'm still a little on the fence about the CGI, but uh, I I can forgive. That
1: was the biggest dark side. uh, That was the only
0: part. And again, it's like, they could have, they could have done just a little bit less with it, but it makes up for the entire part of him just mowing down the dark troopers. Like, oh, so cool. That so, whole episode was so cool. Getting to see the ships, getting to see Boba Fett, all the Slave One stuff. Like, just it was perfect. But yeah, like I said, not not my favorite of the year, only because there were a couple of things that were that kind of held it back from that level.
1: Right. And I'll comment my number four was Mando. So, uh, perfect because my number four was Lovecraft Country. I- Let's go. So um, easy peasy. <laughs> the echo you. I mean, awesome show. I would I'd recommend anyone that hasn't seen it, that likes that is interested in Star Wars lore, which is probably few and far between, but having going in and watching, especially some of like those Rebels episodes and uh, Clone Wars episodes, I feel like if I had seen those prior to the Ahsoka r- reveal, I would have freaked out as much as you probably did on that episode when you you went I mean I
0: I lost my mind you know when it's good is when you I lost my mind multiple times like it's so funny because sometimes you know like when I'm when I watched the episode it was like 7 a.m and I'm like still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and I'm like whoa but like I can't fully process it because I'm not fully awake and so then when I watch it a second time I'm like oh my this is so good and then when you watch it a third time you're like ah so it just, yes, to see that sort of stuff, to come to life like that is is amazing. I thought it was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and I, they did a great job. The, one of the things that Marvel or Star Wars, Disney is what I'm thinking of, has the biggest stronghold on is being able to do stuff in TV shows and all these alternate forms of entertainment where they can tie the shows back to all these blockbuster movies that we were watching and doing stuff like revealing Boba Fett in an episode when, you know, now Mando is working with Boba Fett for the rest of the time and all these people that he's one of the most famous, loved characters from the entire Star Wars series. People are just, ah, and then Ahsoka, Luke at the end, all those things were such giant blockbuster moments where people, I think, that are Star Wars, actual Star Wars fans freaked out yeah. and love so much. And to your point, yeah, we had some interesting CGI, CGI choices. We had some interesting episodes where they were a little slower in the beginning, especially. Yep. But stuff like that makes up so much for it. And that's why I'm sure you've done episodes on just the upcoming Disney blowout that's coming down the line. Yes. But that's why I am so excited for all these new Star Wars and Marvel shows. I know. Because the power that they have to tie these new television shows to like the movies that we grew up watching and are so loved is just that they've, no one else has that market that can do that. So. And, And obviously there's a, there's a crowd that I would, I would say Stevie would probably
0: be proud to call himself a part of that doesn't like that sort of stuff. And I totally understand. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for it, but I think it's important to mention with these types of shows is like there, there is a sort of uh not laziness but uh the fact that disney is able to do this sort of stuff and they're doing it on purpose like they know what our brains are going to do when you see ahsoka they know what our brain is going to do when you see baby yoda like they know i saw a really great uh uh, wisecrack video on youtube about the cuteness factor on disney and how it has manipulated our brains because people are upset like your brain looks at something that's cute and loves it because that's how humans are like with baby yoda when you see him you're like oh my god he's so adorable i love this guy and and so they they know that right. and they make this content knowing that and you can look at that like someone like Stevie probably would to say well they're manipulating you and they're they're manipulating you into buying this stuff in the but
1: best way they're well manipulating- well and I agree and I agree to it like I
0: wouldn't argue that they're not doing that but at the same time look at everything that's happened in like our world like why wouldn't you want to have this fantasy Reality that you can escape to and watch that you get these callbacks to, and you realize that it's all connected. And it's like, it's like there's a whole another, obviously fake universe out there though that you feel like you're a part of. And it's like, who wouldn't want to be a Jedi? Who wouldn't want to have superpowers? Like the fact that they're continuing to build on all this, like I only see success for them in the future, and and I hope at some point because I I mentioned it with Stevie, but like starting next week there's going to be a marvel content every friday for at least the the next year because you've got wandavision coming out each friday and then it's falcon and the winter soldier and then it's black widow and then it's the next marvel show so like and then star wars so like there's always going to be some new content to watch i am curious to see if that'll that'll bring some fatigue but i trust that marvel and disney knows that they don't want fatigue. Like they want you to constantly come back. So they're going to have to think of new creative things. And based on this Mandalorian season, I think they know what they're doing. I think they know exactly what buttons to press to make our brains get happy. And uh, again, I know they're doing it. I'm fine with that though, because I love it. I don't care. I love it. Bring it on. Um, So yeah. So that was our number five and number four. Very nice. Uh, For number three, my number three is my hero academia. So I, I, and that's a, that's a 10 that shows a 10. It always will be. Uh, but the reason I only have it as number three and not like number two or one is because there was that swath of episodes. And I remember you talking it over too. Of like after the 100 percent infinite fight, there's like six episodes <laughs> where nothing happens. And it's I sleep I, and I, I appreciated the character building. I always do. But I'm like, give me another fight, please. And so it was it was nice to see the Endeavor fight, but kind of a shame we had to wait till the last two episodes of the season to see it. Uh, but it was still a phenomenal season. I mean, getting to see Deku push his limits like that is great. Getting to see uh, Bakugo, uh, have to deal with the fact that he doesn't have his provisional license, and those were the slow episodes. It was like him having to go back and retake the test with Todoroki, and they have to babysit the kids. And the message there is super cool, but also like, give me another fight, please. So, uh, so that's why, yeah. So that's why it's right there. What's your number three?
1: Uh, the boys.
0: Oh, that's on my list to watch for this year. So I will be watching that. Oh,
1: God. Another Amazon classic. No. Uh, 2020 had their second season come out this fall. Uh, first season, I believe was 2019. An awesome show. You need to watch it. Anyone that's listening that hasn't seen it needs to watch it. It's my top three. Um, basically about a group of superheroes called the Seven. Um homelanders running the show he's the he's kind of like the superman um you know iron man whatever you want to say of the superhero group but they're all pieces of shit they're <sighs> terrible people. and it's so emblematic of i think what it would be if like we had real superheroes because they're all just so self-absorbed and terrible and awful but they're so powerful and like it's these these people that have obviously like Homelanders, the head guy, and he's got literally all of Superman's powers. So like lasers can fly super strong, uh, do whatever he wants, but he's just a terrible person. And like all of the heroes are that way. And there's a lot of real good character development. And you see kind of like, there's a whole story arc about how they became heroes. And that explains some of it, but just like a really interesting concept. We also have Jack Quaid, uh, son of Dennis Quaid, Oh, in one of his, I I think he was in like Hunger Games or something, but I hadn't really seen him in anything. And he kind of plays this like dopey, just human character in the show. And, Mm -hmm. but he's one of the mainstays and he's really, he does a really good job in it. Uh, and it's kind of a mix of like the superheroes. And then you have this non-superhero human group, uh, led by Billy Butcher named by, led by, uh, who plays him? Carl Upburn, I think. Uh Um, But just really interesting show. Really good. Uh, I think it's kind of nice because it seems to me to kind of like bounce out. We have this onslaught. I know we've talked about Marvel, but like this onslaught of like superhero movies, superhero movies, superhero movies, which we love. But it's all kind of the same thing. Like you have these heroes that some of them are dopey. Some of them are awesome. But at the end of the day, they're all so good. And like the heroes win and it's great. And it's so nice and refreshing to have this show where it's like these guys suck. They're terrible. Yeah, yeah. How does that play with, uh? You know, there's a company I think it's VOD International like runs the Hero organization, and they're just totally money money hungry and worried about their stock price, and just like it's all like the worst of humanity bundled up in a show, and it's really interesting how they do it. So, would definitely recommend it. Two seasons out on Amazon, second one, and they're what out. ten episodes
0: a piece, probably.
1: Yeah, I think to eight to ten. Uh, Could not like be easier. Hour. Couldn't be easier. Just click play.
0: I just got to click play. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm watching Titans right now, and uh, it kind of feels like The Boys in that it's uh, a little bit violent. But I have heard I've heard everything that you've said, but I've also heard that it is ultra violent. That like there yeah. are certain people that actually won't watch it because of how violent it is, and well, that makes me want to check it, it out it, even more.
1: It's great because to that that previous point, I mean, the, like civilians and stuff, it shows you never see it in the Marvel movies. But like what some of these humans could do to just regular people if they yeah. were really fine or really didn't give a shit. So it's interesting, like. you know you can't wait battles i mean it's what spawns the civil war is like oh they've destroyed all this stuff but to like watch a hero with the power of lasers like just blow up someone standing on the street. like what does that look (laughs) like wow (laughs) yeah i'm really looking forward to it and i'll give a real quick side note sidebar to umbrella academy Mm, yeah 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 watched the two scenes that this year was really liked it didn't make my top 10 but was another interesting play on kind of that superhero genre yeah of, uh you know of just everything going on right now and and uh theirs was a little different Theres was a lot more like character driven so it's less about like the powers and more about this family yeah and all their you watched umbrella you you get i watched the back. first like four episodes and then i stopped A little slower, you know, that's, it didn't make my top 10. We did watch both seasons completely uh, and there was some really good episodes and some really good parts and some kind of boring parts that didn't make me want to come back. Uh, And to that point, I don't know. Did you watch, it's on HBO. It's about the DC universe and it's a superhero show. I didn't watch it. Uh, It's called Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol.
0: Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I have not watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it because there's an episode in Titans uh, that introduces those characters. And yep. th- I really liked that episode. And I really, I love, I'm a huge fan of Brendan Fraser. That's, I mean, if we're, we're talking previews for this year, I will be doing an episode on all of the Mummy movies since there's a uh, 20 year anniversary of Mummy Returns. And uh, those are the movies that made me fall in love with Brendan Fraser. And he has uh, he has had one of the worst Hollywood experiences I would say of many people in terms of him being so blacklisted because of him coming out against people who had sexually harassed him and so this was like a role that it's been a long time since Brendan Fraser's been in anything and so I was really excited to see him in this and he's plays a robot so you don't get to see much but there's the characters were so cool and I was like oh that's right there's a whole Doom Patrol show I did google it though and it said that the show's take place in sort of the same universe but it's a different story so it was like this the stuff that sort of happens in that episode in titans doesn't really affect the doom patrol show so you don't have to like watch titans before you watch doom patrol you can do it whenever you want sort of thing but yeah i definitely want to check it out because i it's there's two seasons yeah
1: no and and they're like they're like 25 episodes it's something crazy yeah yeah and and it's it's on my list. I mean, it's I think the tie in with like all the DC stuff going on. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier with like Marvel and Disney and that ability to kind of press like those emotional buttons. Yep. But they they definitely have a tie into Titans. They have a tie into like all these DC. You, know, Did you watch it. Movies. I watched the first episode. Okay. Really liked it and just need to get back into it. So, yeah. it's on. Uh, you know, it's it's honor honorable mention if we want to call it that. It's on the sure. watch list. But just when we're talking about boys, Umbrella Academy, I feel like that deserves a place up there with those two.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so we're now at, or was that your number two? Right, That's, what That's that my was my number three. Uh, what's your number two?
1: Oh yeah, I guess because I was. I think going that first. was your number number two. two. No, that was my number three. You did number four, and then you did number three. What,
0: what was your, your number? What three was your number, th- your
1: number? Right. What was your number three? My number three was boys. The boys. Okay, so yeah, we're on so number, now our number your, two. Yeah, what's your number two? Number two is the Last Dance with my MJ, boy MJ. Ah, yes, yes. I've not seen a Documentary. Them. It came to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, unreal. And the reason it's my number two is because I do not like basketball. I've never ah. an NBA game. Now, not once in my life I've ever sat down for the big game. I'm not like an NBA fan during some guys are like, yeah, I just watched during playoffs. I don't even give a shit during playoffs. I don't care. Yeah. I watched the last dance and was so hooked for the entire season of that show. And it was so good. The first episode I was sitting, it was nighttime. My wife had gone to sleep I was sitting on the couch, it was like a Thursday, and I literally had chills running through my body just watching these episodes about, the first one is specifically centered on like Michael Jordan and his kind of rise to fame, and it was so good. And it's just the history of like the Bills franchise is specifically Michael Jordan. You mean the Bulls? the bulls yikes that's cuz the, the bills are playing right now right bills are playing right now i got the bills in my mind <laughs> the bulls franchise of like the from like mid 80s to 2000s when they were just on this crazy winning streak yeah. you and i are both both of our families are from chicago you know grew up in illinois and they were alive during this time and like got to see it live and i just i can't imagine the big thing they talk about the whole season is like this was like america's team like everyone was oh, so Oh yeah impressed. Cause that was, was and I,
0: I don't watch basketball either, but that's like the only thing I know about basketball is that time Bulls, period of MK, Scottie Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, uh, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, uh, Ron Howard or or Howard, something like that. Mo Howard, yep. maybe. But uh, uh, that's all I know about basketball besides like LeBron James. Mm-hmm.
1: LeBron James. LeBron, James. I'm, in this, LeBron, I'm in the same boat. And just like for me to off the cuff, like click play on the show and be so addicted for all, I think it was eight to 10 episodes. I can't remember off the top. Really? Were they hour long? (laughs) Yeah, hour long. And they focus on different, like there's an episode on Pippen. There's an episode on Rodman. There's an episode on kind of the rise and the fall, the dynasty. But just like, as a non-basketball fan, to watch that show and be that invested in it, just because of the impact that Michael Jordan had, because he was such an unbelievable athlete, is so cool. And that's why it's my top two. Anyone that hasn't seen it, like, don't, don't let the fact that you, if you don't watch any NBA or don't watch basketball be a, you know, a factor in that, because like I said, for me, I, I haven't watched once. It's, it's not changed me. I'm not an NBA fan, but just like to see that history, like what he was able to accomplish with that team and like what it meant to like the country and like Chicago fans was, it's so cool. Got to check.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll add it to the list going to be towards the bottom though i have a big list uh (laughs) but uh, because i'm same boat as you i think i've i've watched like maybe watched one like the a half of one basketball game i i did i do remember when i was young i remember a specific memory of watching a bulls game uh on the tv uh, like a tiny tv but i don't I obviously very, didn't care. It was a very, very weird. But this
1: memory. would have been, I mean, it was the nineties. It was mid Yeah. This would have been like a late nineties memory Three, sort of thing. Or five. Yeah. You would have been right at that age where, and it's, it's, I'm going to go off on a tangent here because Zero. I get so frustrated. We've, I, and this comes from like television and movies and stuff. There's so much crazy shit. Yes. There's lots, there's a lot going on that we're growing up with, but I, there's like so much stuff that happened when our parents were like in their, 30s 40s like in like 80s and the 90s that just i'll see documentaries or tv shows on and be like why like you should what about like what do you know about then they're like oh it was on the news yeah i think i remember that yeah and it's it's like are you kidding me like this was so crazy like how do you not just ooze with like yeah tell my kids about it every day like 1989 I don't it Jordan led the bulls to a winning season or I mean all the stuff with like I was I really do wonder
0: about that. that with our parents because I, I think about crying. that and I'm like I can't think of a single thing that they have shared with us that's like right. a, I was you know around when this happened like, this nothing nothing we just kind of grew up
1: huge phase where I went through all these cra- the crazy events of like Waco and Ruby Ridge and the Unabomber and you like- got to watch that
0: ABC thing. That's literally what they talked. So they they premiered that last night. It was I think it was like an hour long special, but they were talking about every single one of the things you just mentioned. It was like the history of white supremacy
1: in America or something like that. Like crazy things and like I feel like I was watching all this stuff and I was like, this was like the eighties, yeah, seventies like and eighties like white. I feel like if I had kids, I'd sit and be like, well, let me tell you about Ruby Ridge.
0: I mean, like, I remember them telling me one time about uh, the Oklahoma City bombing and the Unabomber. Yep. I do remember them talking about that. I would just, I'd be, I would love to sit down with them for like an hour and just have them tell me stories. Right. And, and like, what, where were you when this happened? How did you feel when this happened? Because I, I don't so think, I think they ever
1: really did. I think a valuable lesson for any of your listeners right now, there's a lot of crazy shit going on, Right yeah uh, currently in our country and that has been going on for you know the last 20 30 years that we grow up with and it's a good idea share it with share it with the one you love well Tell you have it.
0: you ha- you have to and i think that I, is the, the reason point why point this point. stuff keeps happening is because you don't talk right. about it you don't share it and then it repeats itself so yes i totally agree with you the crazy things that happen now document them write them down share them with your future generations so that it doesn't happen I again feel
1: like- think about all of it and to i mean the point of this podcast right everything that you inspect and analyze and talk about all the time is it's all stories exactly yeah lost the art of storytelling i feel like so it's a you know everyone that watches that loves comics and cinema and tv shows and all this entertainment take some of this from your real life and share it that's my advice
0: for the day wow that's a very well said wasn't expecting to
1: talk about that but i'm glad that we are we're taking comics and cinemas taking a different turn today.
0: Yeah, we're, we're taking it, we're too. taking it to the next level. I like it. Um, my number two uh, to completely do a one hundred and eighty is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Let's get let's get back to the fun. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, Star Wars: Clone Wars is phenomenal, and that I've, I've got it marked as a ten. And the reason it is a 10 is because of the siege of Mandalore. And and I say that because not every episode is gold. There's, there's some slow spots in the series, but this was another one where I watched it. Uh, does it say it on here? It doesn't, but it's like 130 episodes, the entire thing. Uh, there's seven seasons, I believe. And I watched all of it last year because I wanted to catch up with the Mandalorian. And so there's, there's slow spots. There's, there's episodes that don't quite hit, but there's also a lot of great stuff like the, the episodes with Darth Maul, when we get to explore the night sisters and kind of all of Dathomir and then the stuff with like the Mortis stuff where we're learning about the ancient Jedi and the reason that there are Sith and, and, and Jedi and like the history of the force, all that sort of stuff was awesome. The fights were great. The revelations were great. Ahsoka is like was created for that show along with like Mandalore and all that stuff, not, you know, actually created, but Dave Filoni really did like flesh all of that out in that show and it when you look at it all as an entire series and when the series ends with that siege of Mandalore and the series starts right after attack of the clones, it's like, it's just so cool to have that content to where you've watched the movies and you want to know more, you want to know where to go next. Clone Wars is the spot to be, and it's all on Disney plus. So it's all there to watch. They even have sections of like essential clone Wars episodes. So you don't even need to watch the whole thing. You can watch the best episodes and um yeah, so that's that's my number 2 just because like I said that last season really changed my life um just because uh, I mean the whole series did. Ahsoka became my favorite Star Wars character because of that show. It had been Darth Maul. So then to see Darth Maul fighting Ahsoka, my two favorite characters is just was amazing and incredible. So I yeah, what uh it seems like the Padawan needs one more lesson. And it's like oh my gosh and i love just just that part of we could have had an ahsoka darth maul team up he's like every choice you've made has led you to this and she's like i'll help you but you've got to answer me one question what is it that you want with Anakin Skywalker? And he's like, he's the key to everything. He is going to destroy the Jedi. And she's like, you lie. And it's like, the only reason they didn't team up is because she didn't believe it, but it was true. Ah, just, and then to watch Twilight, which is literally the next time that she sees Anakin to finally prove that he is Darth Vader and it just breaks her. And that's when to then get into Mandalorian when she's like telling him, like I can't train him because he has an attachment to you and she's like I know what that feels like because of Anakin and it's like oh because my god because it's I him. saw him go to the dark side for the exact same reason and you don't know that if you don't watch like if you didn't watch clone wars but it just and I'm getting chills just talking about it it's so good so yeah I I would highly I, recommend watching I, I, that series episodes and I'm in I'm hooked yeah I want more it's yeah it's in- incredible has a danger, and now we're getting He's an 100%. Ahsoka show. So I can't even wait for that Ahsoka show. That's going to be so good. All that stuff. And Wars for anyone
1: watching, anyone watching at home, if you enter Comics and Cinema 24 when you're signing up for Disney Plus, uh, you're going to get $2 off your subscription. Uh, and there's a little kickback coming the way of the Comics and Cinema God sitting in front of you right now. So just That's enjoy. Right.
0: Tell them I signed up. Me. And also, I would like to also say, Disney. Uh, if you could please make that happen, I'll, I'll sign it. I'll sign anything. So just I'll send it to me. I need a little great. bit of cash. That yeah, sounds great. Uh, <clears throat> awesome. All right. Well, we've arrived. We're at number one. What's your number one show of
1: 2020? I'm going to give two more. Oh, I, I like this. I like this. Putting because a little bit I in. We're, we're doing the coach. dance. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to let you know that my number one show is not a 2020 show. Neither is mine. So, I love that. My two honorable mentions are, however, 2020 show. The first one, Queen's Gambit. Ah, I still I gotta watch that. that. I watched we watched God. we watched the first episode, but we gotta You're keep not, going. You can't do a 2020 podcast
0: if you've never seen any of the shows. I know, I know. I'm so behind um, That's the only,
1: only joking, only joking. So Queen's Gambit made me feel about chess like I felt about Michael Jordan in last dance and right. any show that makes you feel that about chess you got to give it a chance mm-hmm. you got to give it a chance so won't go into too much detail awesome show everyone's been talking about it it's on netflix it's basically i i believe it's I believe it's fiction, but uh, it's about... Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. This girl growing up uh, becomes this chess master. And it's it's really cool that the way they set up the episodes, there was a lot of episodes where they got really, really slow and I would get kind of bored. But then they'd come back and have an awesome one. That's why it wasn't in my top 10. Uh, but still a great show. Another show, I'm going to give just one real quick honorable mention. It might not be 2020. It might be 2019. And it's a real off... Uh, We're talking, look at this, fly ball. You can't see me because you're listening to my voice, but we're talking left field here. Apple TV, it's a show called The Servant the servant
0: Oh come on the ser- that's are you talk- wait on. are you talking about the servant or are you talking about the boy because there's already a movie about a doll boy that is fake and doesn't exist and is this
1: the same isn't it the- I I swear I remember what is okay what's the, what's the plot Are you the- going to sit there? Are you going to sit there and you're going to tell me about what I like and what I don't like? Tell me about what's the plot to- of what's the plot of the servant? Let's hear it. So plot of the servant, and this is interesting that this is getting an honorable mention. I started watching it when I was visiting my parents because they had a subscription to Apple TV. I don't. I only was able to make it on the vacation through the first six episodes. I wasn't able to finish the show, but it still gets an honorable mention. The servant plot, there's a man and a woman. They cannot conceive a child. They have a, the wife goes through this crazy emotional trauma because of this, and they end up getting one of those dolls. Like a real life baby doll. Huh, interesting. That husband is like you and me. He's incredulous. He goes, I don't want it to, I mean, this is a doll. My wife's crazy. But he goes along with it to help her kind of rebuild and and get through it. So she has this doll, right? It's like a very lifelike baby doll that they're taking care of. And she works. So she insists that they hire a nanny to come take care of the doll. And the husband is thinking this is crazy, right? We're going to hire a nanny to come take care of a doll. But again, he's trying to take care of his wife, trying to play into getting her through this through this difficult trauma. So they hire this, this nanny from the Midwest. They live in New York. She comes out and she starts taking care of this doll and she's treating it like a real baby, like his wife does. And he's like, okay, this is kind of weird because he had expected someone to come in. He's like, hey, I'll throw you you know a couple hundred bucks a day. Just pretend the baby's real when she's here yada 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 two episodes in he's sitting in his office she's taking care of the doll he hears a baby crying he goes into the nursery nanny's holding a real baby rest of the season is him trying to figure out what the hell's going on did she steal a baby did she bring it in and replace the doll is she like a is she a thief she's acting like the baby's been real the whole time his wife comes home from work sees the real baby doesn't skip a beat says oh my baby thank you so much and he's like what is going on it's got Rupert Grint in it Rupert Grint is her uh the wife's brother in the show and he's got a big role of where he kind of understands that she's she's gone off kilter with this baby doll and then he comes in and and the the dad's like the baby's real now she must have stolen the baby I don't know what's going on and he's like yeah me neither we gotta figure this out crazy show so don't huh. sit there and tell me about the boy. Well, Give this servant You know what? I'll, I'll be fair. We, apple
0: you've, uh, you've given a great description of that show. Why don't I? I'm going to read you what IMDb says is the description of the servant. And let, let you tell me if this sounds about right. An American nanny is shocked that her new English family's boy is actually a life-size doll. After she violates a list of strict rules, disturbing events make her believe that the doll is really alive. That is not, in fact, the servant. That is the plot of the boy.
1: That's the plot of the boy. I think they messed identical. up.
0: Identical. The only difference it sounds like is the uh, the bringing in the actual baby. So that actually is an interesting twist. What I was uh, kind of bringing up though was when the when the show was announced, and I'm looking at it here on Wikipedia. Um, this guy named Francesca Grig, or maybe as a girl, Francesca Grigorini filed a lawsuit against Servant producers. Uh, alleging copyright infringement for her 2013 drama film, The Truth About Emanuel, uh, they they responded that neither of them had seen the film Shyamalan and that you know, any similarity was a coincidence. It does look like in May of last year, a federal judge threw out the copyright lawsuit saying that it was not similar enough but that whole time I was like, yeah, no, go watch The Boy. That thing is similar enough to The Servant, but uh that's actually really interesting. I didn't realize there was that little twist in it. So that that actually I think does warrant a let me, uh, honorable please, mention.
1: Listen, IMDb is is clown and let me give you the Wikipedia. The Wikipedia a little plot here real quick. First of all, it's M Night Shyamalan. So sure, sure, not,
0: fair enough. I like him.
1: Not, uh, The series follows Dorothy and Sean Turner, a Philadelphia, sorry, not New York, Philadelphia couple who hires Leanne to be the nanny for their baby son, Jericho. Leanne's arrival brings about strange and frightening circumstances for the couple.
0: Ooh, let me see what. uh... The
1: doll, which Dorothy believes is a real child, which was the only thing that brought her out of her catonic state following Jericho's death, her real son, which died at childbirth. While Sean deals with the grief of his own, he becomes deeply suspicious of Leanne and what she brings with her. So listen, yeah, don't read IMDb all the time. Don't an <laughs> IMDb nut. It's a great show. Okay. I okay. actually, I got a new computer. I'm thrilled with the new computer i got it oh hey hey
0: this is this is uh you guys are hearing this first on comics and cinema uh my cousin harry has had the same computer for a hundred years it's actually if you look on the back of his model the model number is one uh for apple it was the first computer that was ever made by apple
1: first macbook pro steve jobs
0: actually delivered hand delivered his computer to harry said thank you for being one of our early adopters
1: uh, that's awesome that you got a new computer. Is it still Apple? So yeah, that's why you're seeing this 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 real live. It is Apple, and with this, I got a year subscription of Apple Plus. So I'm gonna watch, yeah, the rest of the servant, and maybe next year I'm gonna come to you with the top ten. That sounds servant. great. I'm the looking only forward to on it. My top 10 is because I couldn't finish it. So that's fair. Everyone sit down, take a seat. There we go. I tell you what, I got a year. Sorry for the uh, tangent.
0: I got a year's subscription to Apple Plus two when I bought my new phone and it said, do you want it? And I said, no. So there we go. I'm going to no, make okay. re-
1: <laughs> read it. It keeps, Apple, it keeps telling me. Up both the
0: I feel like every week it's like, hey, take advantage of your Apple Plus subscription. And I'm like, do you realize how many subscriptions I have? Trying to get me to get out, but there's a couple of other cool shows I've heard about it, on Apple Plus
1: it's as well. M Night Shyamalan sending you those messages.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you see he's uh, awesome. he's coming he's coming out with a new movie this year, towards the end of the year. It was called uh, like the family or something. It looked like you know it's going to have a twist. I bet the twist is that everyone in the movie hey. is a doll.
1: Okay, you know what? I'm logging off. Great to talk to everyone Thanks today. so much,
0: everyone. We'll talk about our top one movie in the next episode. Uh, we'll catch you in a month. Uh, okay, no,
1: uh, what is what
0: is um, your top? It sounds like The Servant is your top movie of 2020.
1: And we're logging off. We All right. It. No, uh, no what do you got? This was, a, this was a real quarantine pandemic series. It's much, much older than I am. Um, it's an HBO show. I believe I brought it up with you multiple times, Sopranos. Ah. We finished Sopranos this year. You did it. Uh, James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano. It's an endeavor. I'll tell anyone that that attempts to come in kind of blind and watch the show. I believe it's like seven seasons. Every Mm -hmm. episode's an hour. There's something like 20 episodes a season. It is not a quick come in and get out show. Um, But just... I mean, you've probably heard it from your parents. Oh, it's I've heard Sopranos a lot of it. Yeah, you heard it from like television. Like, oh, I wish this show could be like The Sopranos. It's a roller coaster of a crazy crime mob family from New Jersey. Tony Soprano, hey. Gandolfini. Hey, I mean, all the the characters in the show are all just loved, famous folks that have gone on to do great things. It's It's uh, a lot of them, James Gandolfini, God rest his soul, rest in peace. We lost him. Um, If anyone has like 100,000 hours of time to kill and wants to watch a great American television, um, Sopranos is for you. And any documentary, I'm trying to remember the title. I came off the top of my head. We'll put it in the footnotes. There's a documentary just about American television and like how it evolved. And Sopranos was such a big part of like, how so many other shows were developed after the fact. And like, it's such a cornerstone of American culture and television. Yeah. That everyone that enjoys television and watching shows and like, is part of the, you know, the cinema factor of that, give it a watch. It's, it's totally worth it. And even if you don't finish it or watch the whole thing, the there's some terrible episodes buried in there. There's some unreal episodes buried in there, but it just, it's, you see so much of what we see nowadays in modern television played out in like episodes of that show, uh, whether it's family dynamics, whether it's character development, whether it's like action or, you know, stressful scenes that are getting you pumped up. Um, and I finally took the time to like sit down and spend four months watching the show and it was totally worth it and would recommend it to everyone here. Yeah, Number that, one, that's awesome. grano's
0: I'm glad you made it through it too. Cause I remember, was that during the summer that you were like, I'd come over, I'd
1: yeah. come visit Alex and I'd say, I'm done. I'm done with.
0: Support. Yeah. You were like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. Like this is, it's so old and long, but then like, so that's glad to hear that it it sounds like maybe it finished strong finish strong yeah nice they're actually that's another thing they're coming out with a movie about that this year too uh like a what is it like a prequel movie or something based on the characters from soprano or something like that
1: Mm -hmm. it's coming so watch it but watch the show first yeah it's great Yeah, that's a that is that's that's like that's up there with like Breaking Bad for a
0: lot of people of just being that kind of cornerstone of TV type of show. I'm glad you you took the bullet kind of to say like a soprano, I guess, and uh, took the bullet and ate the and I took one for the team. You took one for the team and ate the cannoli. Very nice. Um, Yeah, that's cool. I uh, so yeah, my top number one movie of our show of last year was also did not come out last year. uh, Haunting of Hill House. Is What's my number be? one show of 2020, uh, specifically due to everything about that show. Uh, first thing being that when it did come out in 2018, we all watched the first episode together. You were like, Alex, we need to watch the show. you were like, just watch the first episode and let's see if we like it. And we did. We all sat down and watched that. Ep- Harry's standing up right now with his bent neck. I'm looking at him right now. That's, Oh my God. So like, yeah. And we watched the first episode and I remember being like, this is cool. This is a good show. And then like something happened and we never continued it. And I think you did though, you finished it. And yep. you didn't have a lot of praise for it, or maybe we just never had a, a you know venue to talk about it, but I don't know what happened. Um, but we, and this is, this is actually a great story overall. But so as you guys know, uh, the haunting of Bly Manor came out this year. And my wife and I it was it was like uh, mid October maybe, and uh, Bly Manor is out on Netflix, and she's like, "Oh, like let's let's check this show out." And I was like, "Fine, whatever." And so we start playing the show, and I was like, "I feel like I saw something that this show is like a sequel to Hill House." And I was doing the Google, and I was like, "Hey, yes, this is a sequel to Hill House. We need to watch Hill House." And so we got like ten minutes into the to Bly Manor, stopped watching it, went back to Hill House and watched like two episodes right away and then the uh, bent neck lady episode showed up and my wife was like all right we can only watch this show during the day and I was like okay fine and so we just started watching the show it was like an episode or two a day and it was some of the best storytelling in tv that I've ever seen in my entire life because you've got this uh, this Is Us as an example is something that like, I've watched probably the first few seasons of This Is Us. Lisa, I, I'm i trying to remember if she, I feel like she watched a little bit of it, but I know a lot of people did. Like that show was a big deal for a lot of people and I watched it. And the only thing I liked about This Is Us was the ability to weave the stories together. I've said this before. I'm a sucker for when different timelines kind of coagulate and come together on a cool, powerful note. And This Is Us did that a couple of times, but then I was like, this is just like it's a show about a, a very wealthy family and the struggles that they have. Like I get, I, it's good. I get that. But like then I watched Hill House and I was like, this is this is the purpose of having shows where they bounce around in timelines. Like this is why because nothing withstands the test of time like a haunted house, and. Yep the fact that like these kids are haunted and scared as kids and that causes them to be messed up as adults. And it was in like, this is us focused a lot more. I feel like on outcomes of like, Oh, because they did this, this now is happening in the future. Whereas this show focuses more on the actual psychological impacts that somebody has when they're a kid and how that impacts them and in through horror. Yes. Through a lens of horror, where it's like, These kids, but for this house would have probably been like the, this is us kids where they would have had a perfectly happy, you know, childhood growing up in a wealthy neighborhood. And, uh, but, but for the father wanting to be a fixer upper guy of like, oh, I'm going to get this cheap house and the classic line. But the fact that like every single sibling had an amazing story and it started when they were a kid and it goes in through them as an adult and they're all dealing with and reeling with in more ways than one the bent neck lady and not just that one though but all of the other horrors that they they have it just and you you would think again in a show like that is can they stick the fi- the, fi- the finale the final episode can they stick it yes they can even that was perfection every episode Felt like must see TV. Like there wasn't a single episode where I was like, eh, they probably could have done without that. And I think partially because it was so short. I mean, I'm looking at it here and it says it was 572 minutes long, but each episode, it was only 10 episodes, I think. So it's like Mm -hmm. this, this to me was the final nail in the coffin for the idea that if you've got a show that's 40 minutes or longer, you only need 10 episodes. You only need, like, you do not need the 22 episodes like Arrow and The Flash where it's 40 minutes 20, like there's so much filler everything in this show was needed and necessary there was no filler it felt like everything was perfect every performance was perfect the the fact in the fact that in this and Bly, um that there were ghosts in every scene of like oh my god there's a ghost road oh there's a ghost over in the corner no one's talking about it and like and then gone and no one no one mentions a thing and it's like that was scary in and of itself, not to mention the jump scares and the suspenseful scares and then the culminating it a scary
1: show. It was so I mean, in scary. addition to everything you say about the characters and the story, that was so good. It was a it was a terrifying show. I've never that's like terrifying. I
0: would say if you would say what's like the some of the scariest movies you've ever seen, I would try and include Hill House in that because this show was scarier than so many scary movies that I've ever seen. <laughs> And that's that's in part because All of the storytelling.
1: The 2020 list is because I watched it in 2019. I know, I, I know,
0: it. nothing right. wrong with that. So, uh, yeah, that show was just incredible. If you if you even like scary movies a little bit, you gotta watch the show because my wife is terrified of scary movies, um, and and she and she was fine with it. I mean, again, when the bent neck lady episode happened, we actually had to turn it off. And uh, and then we turned it back on during the day, the next day and uh, powered through it. It was great, but it was a nightmare. I mean, every episode was a nightmare in the best way because you you don't know when the scary scene's gonna come. Like they don't do the the telegraphing of like, uh-oh, something's coming. It's like, oh crap, there's a ghost right there in the scene. And they don't even notice it. They don't even notice it, what's happening. And then the next scene is like, oh, there is a ghost. it's walking down the hall and it's about to kill them or whatever. And it's like- just, I mean, I'm just, I'm tensed up right now. I need to loosen up a little bit because that mm. is mm. so scary. Uh, so yeah, that's my number one show of 2020, even though it didn't come out in 2020. But it's interesting because I think this is going to be a good segue into our disappointments because shortly, I only have one. I looked through the whole thing. I only have one disappointment and it's, and I gave them the show a seven, even though, but that show is Haunting of Bly Manor.
1: Why well, on my list because just,
0: after watching Hill house, we waited maybe a couple days and it, it actually, it, we had to try and finish it because yep. we got like five episodes into it. And we were just like, where is this going? Like there's so, there's yeah. no scares was, in the show. There's a little Creek meandering. Through yeah. The and they, it, it, the ultimate part of it was the last, was it the last three episodes the first two of them ended with the exact same scene. It was the, when the girl, but to be fair, that scene was kind of creepy when she grabs the lady, but that was the end of the episode. And we're like, oh my God, we got to see what happens next episode. Well, let's give you the backstory on the ghost for the whole episode. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Just get us, get us to the scares. And then the end of that episode was her grabbing her by the neck. And I'm like, so you just wasted a whole episode on something I didn't even care about. I don't need to know I, again, because of Hill House, like I've seen it, I don't need to know the backstory of this ghost. Give me a scare.
1: Well, and and I there mean, weren't any prime example of we've seen you do it, we know what's yes. come out of a show like this. And this is Blind Manor had come first, and then it's followed up by Hill House. I'd probably would have liked it more, honestly. But having, I guess wa- so. Having That's what I'm curious
0: about what Cam would think because Cam yeah. apparently watched Blind Manor and has never seen Hill House. And I'm like, "Oh man, dude, like you need to see Hill House because Bly Manor is not that it's fine, like it's a good show, but it, yep. if you're going into that show wanting to be scared and entertained the same way you were in Hill House, you're not going to get it. It's it, it was super disappointing." Yep. That's the only one. So what what else do you have?
1: Uh, I got a couple more. I'll hit them real quick. Ridley Scott's Raised by Wolves. It's an oh, Okay. Okay. Um I mean Ridley Scott sci-fi yeah yeah snore fest snooze fest give it call it call it a drag i mean Mm. get me out I, i tried to watch it and i it was one of those like kind of blind manner where i was forcing myself and i finally said why am i making myself watch these episodes it was so bland and like the story of like how these there's aliens and robots and like it was just so played out and boring and just ugh. I made it, I think, two or three episodes and I wasn't even watching the ones I watched. So maybe folks listening had a better experience. I hope you did. Hope I'm the black sheep. But if uh, if you're looking to watch good shows, I'd follow the top 10 on the list, not hit Raised by Wolves. Uh, and then my last one is Outsider. I'm a huge Stephen oh, King fan. Oh, oh, right, right, right. yeah. um, I'm actually reading It right now, which has been really good. Um, but I've read a ton of his books and hello, I, uh, I'm, I've always been a fan of like the film or television that has spawned from his books, whether it's Pet Cemetery, we've got the It series, uh, The Shining, Dr. Sleep, like there's so many good movies and TV shows that have come from his series. So I read The Outsider this summer and I was so excited for the series coming out. Um, I believe Ben Mendelson. Uh, uh, I think he was in what's that show about Florida? Bloodlines. He was in Bloodlines. In he was in yep.
0: Rogue One. He was in yep. Captain Marvel.
1: Um big fan of him. He's great. Yeah, yeah, super excited because the book was really good. The show came out, and the first episode covers 85% of the book. And I thought, how are they going to have ten more episodes on the show? And the rest of the season was a, such a drag. It was oh, terrible. was
0: And sounds it's like they so ab- should have just made it into a movie.
1: Yep, hundred percent. They made, they did everything. They have Jason Bateman in the show. He's only in like the first wow. couple episodes. Um, but they had they had such good like actors and actresses in that movie that all kind of just kind of fell by the wayside because it was so boring. Yeah. Cynthia Arrivo. Oh, that's right. I like her too. She was so good in the show. And like, like watching her scenes, I i did force myself to finish the show. And like her scene, she was an incredible. And everyone is saying like she should get her spin off and stuff. But it nothing about it is because of the plot, because the show sucked. Yeah. Like she did such a good job, but the show was terrible. And the book is really good. So it. I was kind of bummed and I'm I'm a big, big Stephen King guy, super excited about it, but was uh was very let down. So that's on my top three of disappointments.
0: Damn, I'm glad I uh didn't watch those. Hey, you're doing well. I can take them off my list now. Thank god. Just kidding, they weren't they weren't there.
1: They were never there. They were
0: never there to begin with. Uh no, that's awesome. Those are uh some good, I guess you could say good disappointments. Uh better to be just disappointed with the show i'm like look i was looking through my list and i think the only show that i gave a the lowest rating i gave a show to was nurse jackie and and so like Mm -hmm. there's there's shows that my wife will watch and i'll join in like when i'm like when i come up or when we're hanging out like you know she's like oh come watch this and i'll be like yeah just put it on And I I wasn't super impressed with Nurse Jackie. I mean, I'm sure it was better for those who actually watched all of it instead of what I saw. Uh, But I gave that a six. So like even, that's the one thing I like about TV is for the most part, a show can redeem itself. Whereas like a movie, you you get what you get. Like if it's bad, it's bad. There's nothing left. But with a show, you can keep, maybe the next episode will do it. Yeah, and so I'm like looking through it and all the shows I watched this year were like a seven or higher. So a lot of them I really enjoyed. And I've got some other ones on here that I, I again, didn't really mention, but like Riverdale. Um, if any of you haven't seen Riverdale, I would highly recommend it. The last season that came out this year was really good. Um, the chef show on Netflix with uh, John Favreau. That was awesome as well as yeah. that barbecue show. That one was really fun. Um, mm. Silicon Valley was great. I have not watched. It was worm. Big worm. Hey, we're doing this episode for big worm, but um uh silicon valley was good i have not finished the series and i wanted to wait to talk about it until i do but i love that show i started watching that this year and then again i wrote down dr foster i really liked dr foster as well um but yeah so no it's it's so nice that, that uh, yeah dr foster uh, again i don't like if you asked me what that show was about i don't know what i would be able to tell you now but i just remember that i really liked it it was really good uh really well acted but yeah, so that was
1: uh, that was everything. 2020 was a pretty good year when it comes to TV. Well, and I'll leave it to, on my end, there is one show that I had made a specific mention of that I've heard really good things about called The Undoing. Oh, with uh, um, the Kidman, kind of on HBO. right? Yep. Nicole Kidman. Nicole yeah. Kidman, and I've heard it's, it's only like six episodes, and it's mm. supposed to be just crazy. Uh, so that is on my kind of final list of Uh, hope to see yeah hope to see here and close the year out with a good list so like i said i can't make a wreck right now but i've heard really good things that it's just once you start it you can't put it down so uh it wasn't on my list obviously but if anyone is looking for a show to potentially check out i'm going to be watching it hopefully here in the next couple weeks we'll see how it is yeah i've got a uh
0: um like a 2020 plan we'll see how how you know how long or what I'm going to be able to do with this but I do I am diving in that's one of my New Year's resolutions I'm going to be uh, starting a lot of these shows that I've been recommended to watch so I would say for those of you out there that I enjoy listening to the TV episodes, I've got plans to watch the boys, uh, the final season of Ozark, uh, Queen's Gambit. Uh, Finishing Naruto, obviously. I've got Jujutsu Kaisen on here, which is on Crunchyroll, and that one's I'm really excited for. Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams on uh, Amazon. I've heard really, really good things about it, but I have not watched it yet. Um, Cowboy Bebop. uh, Finish the season of Sabrina, obviously, and Silicon Valley. And then I really want to finish True Detective. I've only seen the first season of that, and I want to see the other two. And then Yellowstone is the other one that I've got to watch it because my parents gave us the Blu-rays to borrow like a year ago and we still haven't gotten to it. So I'm, I'm making a point, especially now that the most recent season's out. So there's a lot of TV to look forward to. Again, whether you're watching stuff on HBO or Amazon or Netflix or Disney, like there's so much content out there to watch or even Apple Plus. Uh, there's a lot of options out there so it's a it's a good time to be alive it's a good time to be a fan of good tv so uh with that harry thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to discuss these uh great shows with us any
1: uh last words uh for the fans oh man uh footnote uh yellowstone season one two are probably up there with some of my favorite television of all time i've not watched season three but i've heard terrible things so oh, I'm nervous about stepping forward but uh as alex said you know this is a great time to be alive it's a great time to look at this pandemic and say what an opportunity for television yes. yeah and catch up if you're not staying at home and watching shows and getting caught up uh you're never gonna be so take advantage enjoy it yeah
0: great why wiser words have never been said uh so that's a perfect note to end on and so with that uh, for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. You can find me on Twitter at a robots wink or on Instagram at a robots wink. Harry, any, uh, any places the fans can find you at. I know I've had some interesting responses when I've asked that from Cam and Stevie, I'm wondering if, if uh, you've got anything
1: for us on this regard. I am a dark horse. I ride the internet on the fringes. Sounds I'm not someone right. you follow. I'm not someone you want to read any content from. So I'm gonna stay dark. If you manage to find me, it's nothing related to my name. It's nothing related to my beliefs. Good luck.
0: Yeah, this is that is the exact same response that uh, Stevie and Cam gave. So awesome! I love my family. They, that's uh, <laughs> great. Uh, no, but that's awesome. So again, thanks again so much for uh, for coming on and to all of you out there listening. Thank you as well. And hopefully, you guys enjoy these shows. <music>